Welcome everyone to this fourth episode of Supply Chain Operation Podcast. Supply Chain Operation is a Swiss-based consulting firm specialized in supply chain management for the pharmaceutical, the healthcare, and the life science companies. Today we are sitting with Julien Belin, and Julien will bring on the table his experience on the SNOP process and his unique perspective linking the commercial activity and the supply chain activities or the functions. And I'd like to start by uh, giving the floor to Julien for him to introduce himself. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, everyone. My background is uh, supply chain, but as you know, supply chain is quite wide. Apart from saying that I've had the chance to live and work in a, in a couple of different countries in Europe and working with many different nationalities during the last 20 years, I would like to focus today on one of the supply chain functions, the commercial supply chain, which goes far beyond the management of the demand forecast. At least, and to start, I can tell you what wakes me up in the morning. Uh, the customer perception of the delivered service level. And I'm not only talking about the OTIF, the on-time in full, uh, usual acronyms that everyone is used to, but also the product and how it is handled, stored by the customer. And what I mean by customer here is uh, not the patient, but really the, the prescriber. Taking an example in the medical device field, Imagine a, a multi-component kit of about 1 meter high, 20 centimeters depth, to be kept at ambient temperature, so 15-25 degrees, and requiring about 4 units for one surgery because of size uncertainties and backups needed. This is a completely different approach than a, a regular uh, medicine box of 31 pills of paracetamol, for example. As you can imagine, many hospitals have pharmacy space limitation and even fewer have a temperature control room. Indeed, absolutely. I mean, this is very interesting and fascinating to see the differences that you can have amongst products. So can you further elaborate on, on what does it imply and, and what does it require? Yeah, for, for this example uh, of, the, of the kits that are quite big, uh, you need then to deliver the product just before they will be used, or at least in a very uh, in a reasonable time before, not to have too many kits stored in the, in those places. To do so, you need to know the current inventory of your customers to anticipate that needs. You need to know the inventory turns and uh, the probability of usage. You need to know as well um, how long the customer usually keep those kits before returning them to you. Uh, we are talking about a consignment model, so there are returns. And uh, if you can anticipate when the kit will be returned, you can also calculate the residual shelf life each component will have when the kit will be returned to you. So this implies uh, a demand management not at kit, but component level. And Taking, as we are in summer, uh, the example of the season, some customers will return you all the inventory uh, when the surgeon will go on holidays, when there will be little or no activities, and where the room temperatures will go far beyond 25 degrees. Uh, we can see those days where the temperature is uh, 40 degrees outside in the south of Europe, uh, that, that you can't keep them for, uh, for a while. And those same customers, they will order them back uh, when the activity will restart. So you have a huge amount of products going back and forth in the end. 
just to, to put the things in perspective, when there's a consignment, there is a contract and there are liabilities and the customers are required to keep the kits at the right temperature. So to avoid uh, on their side to take the risk to have to pay uh, kits or products that they won't be able to use, they prefer to return them uh, in all. So you need to also to consider uh, the share of life that your customers can manage. For example, a customer with a lot of uh, usage, a high, high rate, will not necessarily need to have a long remaining shelf life. What is important in the, for the company is to maximize the probability to use the product which is on the shelves before it expires and at the same time to minimize the back and forth returns that are impacting your, your transportation costs. So this is to my point of view the commercial supply chain. Knowing your customers' ways of managing your goods as good as you know how you manage them internally. And this should drive your operating model. All of that to say that uh, commercial supply chain is not only trying to understand what commercial does with the demand planning, uh, but also going and sitting with your customers to understand their expectations, which is fundamentally different. How many companies are, are pushing their uh, supply chainers to visit customers? I don't know, but probably few. I would like to take this opportunity to thank someone who has really been a change, uh, a change actor to me and a mentor uh, on this aspect. The person is Pierre Saumont, VP Operations of uh, Edward Life Sciences, EMEA, Canada and Latin America. He has really been the first one I saw going to the customers and voice those customers uh, at the executive committee. He was also very much encouraging and even pushing his team to do the same. Naturally, when you're able to do it for your external customers, you usually excel in doing it for your internal stakeholders. Thank you, Julien, for sharing those insights on the commercial supply chain. And I think very rightly, you mentioned the great opportunity of putting together the supply chain with the client and to really have a complete end-to-end vision up to the last usage of the product. So now I'd like to move into the SNA pre-process and I'd like you to walk us through, in your eyes, what is this famous SNOP process? The famous acronyms that uh, probably everyone knows, I'm quite sure. The SNOP process is a very educative way of managing the information and the problems a company has when it's time to articulate their sales objectives, wishes and the reality of making it happen. Oversimplifying in saying produce what the market needs is probably wrong. Considering the highly regulated market the life science industry is operating on, all the quality, regulatory, licenses, pricing negotiation aspects are as important as your manufacturing capacities to execute. Not being able to correctly anticipate the regulatory uh, change and doing things in a rush is always, and I'm insisting always, at cost. Indeed, in our experience, we see that it can be extremely costly. Can you share a bit, of, uh, I mean, can you share some example about those costs? The first one, uh, you have a manufacturing planning. If you need to redo your manufacturing planning, you are using the bandwidth of people that could do something else. So uh, disorganizing your manufacturing planning is a cost. Rushing for a leaflet change uh, is another one. You have the cost of expediting to the customer if you're in a rush. The cost of uh, your customer service to call back customers to change an order, even if uh, it's part of their job, is always disturbing the customers and uh, the image or the perception the customer you will have about uh, your operations is, uh, could be impactful. 
you, you can also have the cost of uh, scrapping obsolete materials if you don't have the time to mitigate them before change. So the, the SNOP in that case is, uh, is really the, the control tower, the cockpit of the well-being uh, and the, the resilience temperature of your supply chain. And to continue the, the analogy, if I can, I would say that the KPIs are your body homeostasis. And like for the body, preventive actions should be much, much preferred than uh, curative actions. In your career, you move uh, from supply chain function to marketing and commercial roles. And this uh, opened your eyes on the idea that the sales and the marketing teams are very often in the mindset of maximizing overachievement. And this is a very important input that is influencing the SNOP process. Can you further explain and share your insights? Thanks for asking. From the discussion we, we were just having, you can see that uh, I always wanted to be very much customer-oriented and be even closer to the customers. Uh, going in the field uh, has been a very, very, very positive experience for me. And I would like to thank someone else, um, my ex-supply chain VP Frank Binder and the company Senten, who allowed me and trusted my capacity in doing other things than supply chain. Thanks to them, I've been able to move to, to marketing. With the, the first goal was to manage the launch readiness of a newly acquired product by coordinating all the functions involved in the launch, such as marketing, market access, uh, regulatory, supply chain, come ops, and so on. And then, and amongst other things, I worked on the customer potential, segmentation and profiling to define a matrix of low to high prescriber potentials. The marketers on their side were working on the best elements to present to unlock a prescriber to move up in the adoption ladder and be convinced to prescribe more. Right after this experience, I took the lead of the, the CRM and Salesforce effectiveness in the commercial operations. This time, and thanks to the previous work made with marketing, I worked in defining the next best customer to visit in the journey of a sales rep or a CAM based on the visit frequency, uh, the current location, the time to go to the next doctor office, but also based on the HCP preferences, which best product to talk about and which best lies to present him to answer his questions and expectations. All of that was reported live in the CRM, but I've never seen so far a company linking it with what comes after the prescription, the pharmacy replenishment, and the wholesaler replenishment, and so on and so forth. So imagine the results of a new clinical study. Well compiled into a material presentation to the prescriber, you can have a significant impact to the prescription, and so then to the supply chain in, uh, in terms of volumes increase. You would probably see in the forecast, if correctly done, but uh, how much can you anticipate the result of a clinical study? Uh, sometimes you, you cannot, you can expect, but you can only uh, guess. Uh, and unlike for a launch, being able to monitor and anticipate the dissemination of the information into the field would allow you to anticipate the replenishments and having the right inventory in the right location or the, the right label to the right country, if you prefer, especially under supply chain constraint, which is usually the case when you're launching a new product. But it basically, what I initially wanted to demonstrate is that marketing and commercial would always target to do more and unlock HEP prescriptions, which would have a direct impact on volume increase. Imagine as well tracking the, the competitor product supply. 
by informing you live through the CRM about cities where the product starts to be out of stock. We are more on the short term and SNOE than the mid term, mid and long term of the SNOP, but I believe there is an information flow potential here to unlock to the company benefits to allow to go beyond the forecast when the opportunity happens. And all of that to disseminate appropriately the inventory and allow you to keep a good safety stock level. But this also relates to a good SNOP with the right capacity management and anticipation of this kind of short-term situation in the what-if scenarios we, we talked about before. Julien, I'm happy you talk about that. And indeed, this information flow is a major one. And, and you and I have decided to further explore that uh, in, in a later series of articles and podcasts on data in supply chain. So I think it would be a great opportunity to rediscuss that at, uh, at a later stage. Now I'd like you to walk us in the last part of the article you've wrote. And in the article, you mentioned four opportunities to go further in the SNOP process. So what is the first opportunity? Yeah, the, the first opportunity, uh, and probably maybe uh, one of the basics, but it has to be in the SNOP, is really the mid-long-term capacity balance with your best-case scenario, which should drive investments. And this should be part, to my point of view, of the SNOP discussion to see how the things are balancing to each other. The second one is about what-if scenarios. What is, what is it about and what is your insight on, on what-ifs? What-if scenarios, uh, as you can imagine, is a low-case low, um, low scenario, uh, reasonable case, best-case scenario, we can name them differently, but uh, is looking at different scenarios. And for each of those scenarios, you need to look at your inventory projection and impact uh, on the working capital it will have, if it's realizing or not. For example, in your best case scenario, if it's uh, turning into being the low case scenario, what will be the impact in terms of inventory in the fields? Will you have expiry risk? Will the amount of working capital be too high compared to uh, the company objectives and so on and so on? For the third uh, opportunity, you shift gear a bit and you, you focus on a specific uh, phase of the product, which is the launch and the idea of the readiness check. What is the implication of the readiness of a launch versus the SNOP process? The, the launch is probably the, the most tricky part of the life cycle of the product because the, the uncertainty is the highest. Uh, I would say two, two things to have in the SNOP. The first one is a status of the cross-functional readiness. Make sure that it's progressing as expected and that you will be able to launch on, on time. The second one, and uh, as important as the first one, is to really think about which inventory you will need in the, in the field, how you will fill the, the pipe of the inventory, and really segregate the prescription you expect from the inventory you need in the field. And that's where sometimes there's a conflict with the, the, the sales and marketing people who are doing the demand forecast with you because they, they very often think in, in prescription only. Uh, but you need to think about how much inventory you will need to have in each pharmacies, in each wholesalers, and so on, uh, for the, the, the first products you're going to ship. And on top, uh, if you could then link with your CRM uh, and have a live monitoring of the prescription at some country, regional lev level, uh, you will be able to see how fast it goes and anticipate some replenishments. 
Thank you. I think it's very interesting that you mentioned this, uh, this bridge again uh, between supply chain and commercial activities. Last but not least, the fourth opportunity you mentioned in the article is the idea of focusing on portfolio margin contribution and how does it uh, impact or interact in the SNOP process. That's right. Uh, looking at the portfolio is a, is a very, good, very good exercise. Focusing on the, on the gross margin, on the highest gross margin products and discontinue the less profitable one is not directly linked to the SNOP, but it has an impact on the overall supply chain. Reducing the amount of SKU generally increases the overall mar margin, uh, but also simplifies the operations on the remaining items. From a production standpoint to the planning management, uh, less items, more focus on the, on the highest added value ones, is also less administrative burden and probably a, a good equation or an, an, exercise, an exercise to think about. Uh, another thing you need to think about is the substitution level you can have on the, on the items you will discontinue. The, the higher the substitution is, the more, uh, I would say, the company should, uh, should try to push in that direction uh, from an overall simplification standpoint. Fully aligned with you and, and what I particularly like in this idea, Julien, is the, I mean, is the opportunity that the SNOP is already a, a dedicated moment where all key stakeholders, all functions are around the table and it's a, it's a great moment to actually put those topics about which product to, to keep or to discontinue. The SNOP will be very successful if you are able to articulate those different uh, scenarios with uh, rational and fact-based elements to allow a sound decision-making process with your uh, key stakeholders. That, that's critical with the SNOP and that's the goal. It's absolutely not the goal to just report a situation, but to bring new um, options to the company in uh, how to operate for the next months. Maybe in the end, huh, and that's my own view, but it's simply about having an SNOP process where discussions are open and that we are truly discussing amongst function about our two elements of the company. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We would be happy to have any of your questions uh, to share further on those topics. So feel free to reach out to Julien or to myself. And we look forward to uh, welcome you in the next Supply Chain Operation podcast. Thank you, Tim.